Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Get the pace car! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Hey, race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Draft from the Circus program. My name is Frank Santoroski. Luis Torres and I will be with you for the next hour as we talk about everything in racing. Uh, before we get to that, I want to let you know our show was sponsored by Dan Blay Racing Art. That's Blay, B-L-E-Y. You can find him on Facebook and get you a nice custom-made IndyCar diecast of a car that is perhaps not manufactured by Greenlight. Also, Mark Dill and the legend of the first super speedway. Find him at firstsuperspeedway.com, uh, where you can buy a copy of his fantastic book and also look at some racing history information on that site. So, Louise, my man, how was your trip to Sonoma? Well, for the first time since 2013, we had clouds on race day, but it ended up being like 2005 where it was cloudy for a good chunk of the race and then it turned sunny. Yeah, so um, at the end of the day, it was uh, Daniel Suarez taking his first cup win. And I know I know you're pretty excited about that. You and Daniel Suarez share some uh, heritage. Uh, so, uh, I mean, great day for, for this young man. Great day for uh, uh, all, the, all the fans in Mexico. Um, and, and, and again, here's a guy who's just... Uh, yeah, a really talented and likable guy who works really hard at his craft and um, he's earned this one. This, you know, this is not one that fell into his lap. Um, you know, he, he, you know, he's worked hard for it, you know, with his uh, years with other teams here, he's with track house racing. Now track house has proven themselves to be an up and coming team. And um, so just really wonderful, wonderful fan reaction all around. Everybody kind of happy to see this guy win he's such a likable guy but how long do you think he's been holding on to that pinata that taco shaped pinata in <laughs> to celebrate his first win give it about a year and a half for yeah. sure yeah i mean it's uh i you know you know we know his uh, teammate has the um keeps fresh watermelons around to smash for a win but this was uh, a little bit different but uh a uh, good day for that young man and um and again, uh, so uh, you were at the race, though. Uh, so uh, take us through it a little bit. Yeah, it started off quite like a, it's almost like last year with Kyle Larson in control. He won his fifth race at Oma Pole in a row, 17, 18, 19, and 21, and 22. And it looked like things are going to go his way. Like at this time of the year, that's when the ball got rolling for Larson. 
but he got bobbed with a loose front left. What was it right front tire? It came off. So it was a vacation for Cliff Daniels and two other crew members, and that basically eliminated him from the fight. But even by that point, he the, the tide has shifted from Larson and Elliott to the Ford camp, mostly with Joey Logano and Chris Buescher, who the latter had the best race he's had with Roush probably ever on a road course after having two frustrating weeks, one where he flipped over and the other one where he couldn't race at all that led to Zane Smith driving the 17 car at Gateway. But that was a huge statement for that 17 cap. But Daniel Suarez slowly but surely was working his way through the field. And then in the final stage, he just had this race in control. He was he had a lot of Fords behind him, a lot of blue oval drivers. But even with that, he slowly pulled away. And as the laps were winding down, the question remained, will this be the day that both track house cars finish in the top 10 or have good runs? Because there's always one or the other. I've been dis- discussing it almost every cup race. It seems like when one does well, the other one will do well, but they don't have the result to show for. And more often than not, Daniel Suarez has been the one that hasn't had the results to show for, in spite of showing some strong runs, like in the Coca-Cola 600 for, as the main example. Or even if I recall, the Bristol Dirt Race, he was also in the mix as well. Yes, finally, he, yes, he was. Yeah, he, he did great at Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, things went his way. It was a race he controlled. It's a race that he that showcased that he actually has what it takes. It's just given the right equipment and the people behind him. And that was always been the thing since day one that I always gave the plus. On Trackhouse over 2311, Trackhouse has the right people in terms of experience, the mindset, with a little incentive of money through Pitbull. But they have Justin Marks, they have Ty Norris, the crew chief is Travis Mack, who who worked for Hendrick for a number of years. Then he went to Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. Brought Michael Annette his only Xfinity win, as mind you. Michael Annette, which people, yeah, people look at him as like, eh, he's a mid-Xfinity driver and, and we're driving top-tier equipment to the point that when, in this final year, when he was missing races, Josh Berry was able to put that one car in a victory circle. But this was a huge, and also you have Jose Blasco Figueroa, Suarez's lead engineer. They have the people, they have, they have just the right people suited for that organization to where they can click off wins. And we're seeing that this year through Ross and now with Suarez. It's a long time coming. 190 and his 195th star finally seems win in his favor. And it actually paid off to where he got the job done. Yeah. And, and when you consider, you know, you, to your point about surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, uh, you know, Daniel drove for Joe Gibbs racing for a while, which is an organization known for winning and dominating. But, but at the same time, he, he, I want to say he said in an interview once, he just never really felt that, that he had the, what it took to win or had the equipment to win, uh, there at Gibbs when, you know, he's a teammate. He got there. rushed in the sense because nobody expected Carl Edwards to retire from the cup series. This, after you, yeah, this is quite true. He was kind of thrown into there, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, so those form those years at Joe Gibbs, definitely, you know, he built up a lot of experience and he, you know, he drove like a pro. Uh, this past weekend here. So, and it was, oh, no and, question. And, and again, it's always good to see a new winner in the series, you know, and again, we've got um, a lot of, you know, fourth first time winner this year. We got, yeah. we had Chastain, Cindric, 
who am I missing? Chastain, Austin Cindric, Chase Briscoe, and now you add Daniel Suarez to the mix. It's just a matter of now ultimately goes from Suarez to when is it going to be for Tyler Reddick? And Reddick had a pretty good race, but had some problems that kind of eliminated him from being a, a from a good result. Yeah, Reddick's been right there more often than not this entire season. So I think his day will come this year as well. You know, hopefully it comes before the chase cut off and, and, or the playoff cut off and he can get into the, the playoffs there. But uh, even, even if it doesn't, I mean, there's another young guy who's, uh, you know, well, well worthy of a win there. And then even if we look at the top three there at uh, Sonoma, it's not your usual suspects. You know, you got no. Suarez, Suarez, Chris Busher. Michael McDowell, who has had flashes of brilliance in the past, but more often than not, he's, you know, he's, he's never he, had the results because believe it or not, this is his first top three, top three and top five result outside of Daytona and Talladega in his entire career. And McDowell comes from Star Mazda, which is the equivalent of the road to Indy today. He ran, he ran in Grand Am. He ran some champ car. But oh, oh yeah, he's got he's got he's got a lot he's, Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, road course experience under his belt. So yeah, um, so good result for him. And again, you know, a good result for Chris Busher because you know, other than coming out strong out of the box at Daytona, there, you know, that uh, that Keselowski led Roush team has uh, really struggled since uh, Daytona. So it's good for, for sure. them and to have Busher a nice result. Been, yeah, yeah, Busher has had good runs. Just he's just outside. He's just fighting to be in the top 20 points, ultimately try to see if he can work his way into the playoffs via points, which right now there's only four spots available, 10 races left in the regular season. And at times it feels like Busher has done run more well than Sindrick. And Sindrick had a top five at Sonoma, which was much needed to say the least, because after, aside from the Daytona five, he is not, he struggled. He's had the rookie jitters in the cup series. And what, in spite of the fact he ran like what, six to seven races a year ago, he's definitely fe- feeling the pressure of being in the hot and the sports top level more so that he right out of the gate won the biggest race of them all. Yeah, I mean, that that really threw a spotlight on him, you know, and as rightfully it should, you win the Daytona 500. <laughs> so uh, and and but since then. You know, so the bar was set pretty high for this guy. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I still think Austin is one of the, the finer up and coming talents in the series, you know, based on his, uh, uh, you know, some pretty dominating runs in Xfinity and whatnot. Yeah, I think and this, took the this guy, yeah, and that was so. the thing he took. The, it put in the time and effort. And I think we can say the same thing for like Gregson and Brandon Jones, which there is some some talk. Not okay. There's some not necessarily the right word talk. Like there's some like people thinking if that one Joe Gibbs ride becomes available, Brandon Jones might be the better one than Ty Gibbs for the foreseeable future in terms of develop developing Ty rather than rushing him. And Brandon Jones has been tossed around. We'll probably, if we have time, discuss about that one Gibbs ride that might become open based on some words of a certain current driver has said regarding the future after 2022. So we're talking about Martin Truex, right? Yeah. Who was, uh, yeah, he's been kind of waffling on, you know, whether or not he wants to retire. And again, if he, you know, if he does decide to retire, you know, he's got a pretty great career behind him, um, you know, and he's uh, 
uh, one of those bright examples of a late bloomer in in the Cup Series. That oh yeah, yeah. You don't really well, see much. These yeah, days. yeah, he, yeah. He won, won a couple races early on, and then he had like a what a ten year drought. Six year, about six, <laughs> six years, years yeah. yeah it feels like 10 years but then and then suddenly he was he was the man to beat week in and week out yeah and then he you know got a got a cup championship behind him and he's you know he's right up there every week but uh you know again this year has it, not been his year honestly yes, no no and he's and he's put a lot of stock into the fact that if he doesn't feel like um that this year is you know, going to be beneficial. He'll, he'll walk away. And I think he had a few more reservations about the new car than some other drivers did. Which is honestly more surprising because I thought Kyle Busch would be the one. And yes, somehow he's found a way to win it. Albeit it fell in his lap at Bristol. But he has had a couple races where he's run really well, like at Kansas and Las Vegas. And yet, while Truex has been fairly consistent in points, I think he and Ryan Blaine are the only ones that may be in safely by points. We got a long ways to go. Today. We got 10 races and we're entering the only off week in the tour. So a lot can happen in the next two and a half months. Oh, definitely. A lot can happen again. Like you said, there's four spots available for, for race winners. Yeah. To take a win. If we get to 16 and there's still a couple more races to go. And then it's really the battle for guys like Cindric and Danny Hamlin to really get their grip together and, and get strong results or win again. No, Hamlin is fine. He's already won multiple times. More or less Cindric in this case. Where's where's Cindric in points right now? He I know for a fact, if I recall, he is dead last in terms of winners as far as points. I think he's if you look at a regular season stance, I think he's barely in the top twenty or outside the top twenty. But he's in because of that Daytona five hundred win. But he's dead last in terms of, of the twelve that has won. Right. But doesn't as long as he's in the Top 30, Top 30, he's, 30, safe. he's safe for the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't, or I, I don't, more to 16 winners. And he's and the ones that one is ahead of him. Say like, yes. Yeah. That's Eric the, Jones. Yeah, that's, wins. that's, yeah. That's where the win in your end. Yeah. If we have more than 16 winners, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he really needs to bank some points, but uh, you know, he's, he's got half a season behind him. Um, and yeah, he's got a good team behind him. Yeah, so, I think. Uh, yeah, there's there's, there's, yeah, there's no reason fine, to we'll assume that, that he you know he won't get get the hang of this. Uh, you know, and, and a really nice result at Sonoma uh, was certainly a feather in his cap as well. Yeah, it's got a couple of road courses coming up as well, like at Road America, Watkins Glen, and what other? I'm what other road course races come? Uh, well, we got like the, the Char Char Charlotte Roval is, but that's the, during the playoffs. That's a playoff race. Yeah, um, are, aren't they doing Mid Ohio this year? No, that's Xfinity. Oh, Xfinity in Mid-Ohio. Or trucks. Like, I forget which one is. I know trucks are going to Mid-Ohio, but I forget if Xfinity are or aren't. I believe uh, they still are. Well, yeah, Xfinity's been running at Mid-Ohio for a couple of years, and, yeah. and they, you know, to their credit, they put on a good show out there as well. So, but uh, but this is back to Suarez. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, he was, they said he was the, um, only the fifth foreign-born driver to win in NASCAR, right? Which, yeah. of course, immediately got me to thinking, well, okay, so who are the other? Who are the other four? Obviously, the first one that came to mind was uh, Juan Pablo. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he uh, won a couple of road course races. Then I thought a little bit. I said, okay, Marcus Ambrose, Canadian dude. And then I had to think a little deeper, and I said, okay, okay well, Mario. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mm-hmm. Right, because Mario, while most folks consider him an American, he was, in fact, born in Croatia or with, which was Isola at the time, but modern day Croatia. Um, and then the other guy I was stumped on. Right. So I had to look it up and uh, turns out it's uh, it's another uh, gentleman from Canada. Earl Ross uh, won the race at Martinsville in 1974. So, uh, yeah, so foreign born drivers are, you know, quite few and far between in nascar uh but uh you know hopefully we'll see we'll see more and more um international involvement in there you know much to the dismay of the old guard nascar fans <laughs> yeah and, and yeah, uh, yeah immediately so. through social media i saw like they those tweets were like they put bubba winning at talladega and daniel suarez at sonoma and i saw it's like oh boy here 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 comes the pay because when it comes to Suarez, he doesn't necessarily get as much flack for whatever compared to Bubba. But still, you in the back of my mind, I've always had that reserve, that sentiment that they do the same for Suarez, but not in a greater scale. And when people was like, "Who cares if he's blah 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 this blah 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 that," it, it should, if anything, it shows how difficult and how it is to win in the series, especially if you're not from the states. More than if anything, on top of the fact that, well, I know Seth has talked about it in the past and what he's gone through. I rarely talk about it because I was waiting because it's not necessarily bothersome or annoying because I try to keep my stuff reserved unless if it's really obvious. So, so yeah, it was, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing is people had a wonderful moment, a memorable moment because it, it was a long time coming. I thought for a while, especially during the days when he drove for during the year he drove for Gone Brothers, where he missed the Daytona 500, which I saw happened. I was on site when he failed to qualify. I even have a photo when they brought the 96 car into the garage area. And at that point, thinking, is it ever going to happen? And I said the same thing about Sergio Perez in Formula One: is it is it ever going to happen? And to some minor extent, even Pato Award, all three of them had. There was at one point in time it felt like. Will they ever win in their level? And lo and behold, the last couple of years, Paris has got three Formula One wins, including in Monaco, which he had the race in control. To some minor extent, Ferrari shooting themselves at the foot per usual. Then Pato, when he joined Aaron McLaren, he's striking up wins. He got the win at Barber. And now Suarez, who's shown that he can be solid when, the, when luck is on his side. And finally, he put it together. And now, and like Suarez said in the press conference at Sonoma, this may just be the beginning. Sometimes when you win, you click off wins 
from there. It's, it's kind of like with Tyler Reddick getting Xfinity Series when he went to RCR. Things clicked. Or Ross Chastain, even his teammate, or Suarez's teammate, once he won at Coda, it, he started racking up strong runs to where I believe he is second or third in the regular season standings. Yeah, I mean, getting that getting that first win in the bag. I mean, that's like getting a monkey off your back, you know. Uh-huh. And you got, and then so then you go into the next race weekend with momentum. Uh, you have a, a lot of that doubt in your head that will I ever win? Uh, that all that doubt is erased now. Now you know you can do it, and you know we've seen multiple guys take a long time to get to their first win, and then and then you know, become consistent winners. And this is, you know, across the board in, in a lot of different racing series. So, oh, but, sure. but some, sometimes getting that first one comes very easily, um, you know, to a young guy and other guys, uh, you know, they have to mire around midfield or mire around the back for a while, but uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but again, and- you know, but back to, you know, back to the whole, social media comments. Okay. I, you know, I wouldn't care if where Daniel Suarez was from, uh, you gotta be happy for this guy because yeah. here, here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a racer who has put in the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, put and, in the dudes. Yeah. he's, he's built struck and he's built struck connections. I mean, look at Coca-Cola. They stuck with him to the point when you look at a Coca-Cola family roster, you can arguably say Suarez is the main, is their main guy. Because back in the day, 20 years ago, you had a slew of Coca-Cola drivers like Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, Kyle Petty. Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, Tony Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, dozens of others where you can pinpoint. There was no – you can pinpoint which ones were like their main guy. And in this day and age, you don't really have that many left. There's only like a select couple, which which Suarez happens to be one of them. But he brings like – global marketability and that's what coca-cola ultimately is it's a global mark as a global conglomerate even though they come from the states but they're a worldwide brand exactly exactly yeah so and now we had a um the xfinity guys were off right yeah and no, but but, no the, xfinity but, but the but the trucks race at sonoma right yes yeah, so the truck race at sonoma before i Go before we talk about it, kind of wrap up the cup thing. Oh, no, go right the, ahead. Sorry, yeah. At the end of the day, this is a huge deal. Not this is a great, it's, it's huge for Mexico because we have not seen this many drivers be successful and be competitive in multiple disciplines in a real long time, if not probably ever. Because when you look at the Rodriguez, it was just exclusively Formula One and sports cars, that's all they had, and then when you look at at the tail end of card and the that ushered in the champ car, and he, you had Adrian Fernandez, you had several like Rodolfo Levine. You also had one guy, the yeah, Bernard, the class Bert, winner, yeah. Lamar, Bernard, Michelle Jordan. Fernandez, yeah, Adrian but, Fernandez, yeah, but only one or two of Mario Dominguez. The only uh, Adrian Fernandez was probably the more consistent of them and could have been a, a champion in 2000. He was one of those six drivers that was going for the cart title. Of, at the turn of at the turn of the new millennium, but not, but they were all one, ex, all under one exclusive discipline. This day now we have three to four, maybe a little, a couple more in the foreseeable future. That may not just be from Mexico; they could be descended from Cuba or Puerto Rican or vice whoever. It might be in, in the Central Latin America community, 
they are stepping they're really doing well and for the first time there have been four different drivers from mexico to have won and four in theory they're three different disciplines but they're four different sanctioning bodies with pato checo suarez and I can't remember, the name is slipping by me. He used to run Champ Car for a cup of coffee, but won as a class winner in Le Mans this past weekend. That's also from Mexico. So it's, it's a great time. And for once, I feel like I don't have to think about the negatives and the bad stereotypes and any of that. Being around the Daniels Amigos, there was a lot, there was hundreds of them. There was, they had their own dedicated grandstand area, which is right around the, the drag strip portion. And then next to the hill of the carousel, they got to share a moment with them and seeing the flags of Mexico, some of them with their Monterey soccer gear. And just when I captured those moments on Twitter, it just hit different to the point. It, it felt like a championship. It felt like, felt like a championship. It, it probably tops Hemrick's title celebration. It's going to rival Elio's fourth more on a personal level with Suarez. And you got to understand is a personal resonance of why I put it up there with Elio's 1500 win as, or even rival as probably the most bus worthy victory lane celebrations I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it was, it, it was really fun to watch and it was great to see, uh, you know, and, you know, any, anytime there's a new winner out there, it's uh pretty fun to see, but uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, my amigos there, the, the, the giant taco. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking like they, Oh, it's like, Oh, nice. A taco. Well, the, whoever tossed it, 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 it stuck the landing. I'll be it upside. The taco was upside down, but it stuck the, the landing. And when you see the bumper cam, I was thinking, Oh, is he going to run over? And then it's like, Oh, he actually punched the pinata. And, and, and there was a swarm of photographers and videographers in, in that, in that pile. And that scrum is like, it's like even I had to accidentally step the chocolate candy, like the Reese's cups and all that. It's like it's already it's it's, it's hit the tracks probably a hundred ninety to hundred degrees already. It's gonna melt anyway. It didn't it didn't really matter. Just seeing like Justin Mars, Suarez's girlfriend Julia PK, who, who Suarez credits a lot, kind of like, like through the patience level of being supportive of him through thick and thin. Of course, Julia is Nelson PK's daughter. One of the Nelson seniors' daughters. Of course, the other one being whew, Verstappen's girl. I can't remember the name right now, but that's besides the point. It's just a wonderful moment seeing like colleagues, corporate people. Even on Twitter, you saw a lot of Hispanic people give like Paris and Danny Trejo and uh, several people. It's just, it's a popular win, no matter how you want to, if no matter how you want to spin it, regardless. And I think exactly, one, exactly. Yep. Yep. And I, and I said this in the back of my mind, if there's one place I feel like Suarez should get his win, it should be a Sonoma or Texas because of the large fan base he's got. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah and, okay. and so, and it so happened to be at, at Sonoma on a road course where I felt like he had a shot of winning for months. I felt like that is the track. He's probably going to do it. And my gut was correct. And it turned out to be much bigger than, than just simply winning. He had that, he had that final station in his hand. 
All right. So let's talk about the truck race just briefly. And then we'll, we'll move on to uh, talk about uh, IndyCar Formula One and um, a little bit about, uh, you know, there was that that little sh- short little race in France, uh, 24 hour in Le Mans. We can talk about that here a little later, but uh, just re- real, real quick recap of the trucks. Yeah, Kyle Busch in his final race of the season in the trucks, a beautiful Yahoo number 51 Toyota Tundra Pro. I think that's what they call it, the TRD Pro. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a truck. You, you, you get what I beat, but Kyle Busch ended up winning. No surprise when it comes to the lower divisions. There was a late race red flag that involved Josh Balicki and Stuart Friesen. That 30 truck was not supposed to be Balicki, but Colin Garrett. Colin, he had like a drug test that has that what that took too long to get a feedback whether or not he can be approved to run. There was a lot of approval issues this weekend and involved the 30 and also involved the two G2G trucks where I think what was it Mason Felipe and Travis McCullough. None of them, McCullough, the 47 failed to qualify, didn't even get a chance to hit the track at all. And then Mason Felipe was replaced by Stefan Parsons in the 46 truck. One way or the other, those two trucks are in towards the bottom of the points to begin with. So they were not going to be contenders either way. And speaking of Suarez, he ended up actually filling in for Carson Hosebar, who after 10 or so laps lost two due to the driver change that took a while because it took place under green flag conditions. So Suarez has kept himself busy, but Carson Hosebar gets the points, and Suarez brought it home to a top 10 after being two laps down. So it was a good point stay for the 42 truck. For, of course, Hosebar is trying to ultimately get his elusive first truck win because when we talk about Daniel Ham- Damian Hamrick last year in Xfinity, Tyler Reddick in Cup, and even Suarez, there's another guy that is due for a win, and that's Carson Hosebar, who's been kind of like the class of the field for Nice Motorsports since Ross Chastain stopped r- running full-time in, in trucks when he was racking up all those wins in the Mellow Man Challenge era of his career. Yes, of course, he still runs there, but not a whole lot because, of course, he's now a full-time cup driver, and you and it comes with a limited schedule, a certain race you have to run, in the, depending on how many years you've been in cup. But yeah, Kyle Busch ended up winning the whole ordeal. Haley Deegan, again, can't find any luck if her life depended on it. And I thought for the most part, they held their own. It wasn't much of a disastrous crash presence like the truck series has tend to be the past year and a half. So I saw they held their own. Yeah, you had the red flag, but the wall, the, the wall got kicked moved over similar it's the type of walls you saw in the bush like class where except for justin haley's getting done by kyle arson to the many people's eyes when the wall moves you have to align it and you have to stop and there was also oil on the track and there was not that many laps to go so it's justified they had to stop the race because it looked billicky's truck was completely destroyed it honestly was and finally brad paris finished 22nd there's a feature piece that is in the works. I hope they have it. I went in a day or two as of this recording. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate the report. So let's move on from so NASCAR Cup. We've got the weekend off next week. Yep. Except um, for the truck series, they run at Knoxville. Knoxville. Yep. That'll be fun to watch. Watch them on a little short track there. So uh, IndyCar is on their 
little, you know, break with the, with the four in a row. Uh, before their break, they've got a couple of weeks off after uh, racing at Road America. And it just always, uh, you know, uh, I mean, for Cup to run at Sonoma and um, IndyCar to run at Road America on the same weekend just shows the uh, extreme dichotomy between those two um, road courses uh, that are both the great American road courses. But um, you look at all the, the, the dry and the brown Sonoma and then we you know flip over to Road America and see how lush and green and and how beautiful that that place is and how how long that course is and how fast that course is um it's just I just I just always love Road America it's uh it's um <coughs> oh they always put on a pretty pretty darn good race there uh it's a fun place to go to uh, I haven't been there in a while but uh, I did live in Wisconsin for a time and would go to Road America every year uh, so, but uh, in this year's edition, we saw um, Alexander Rossi, you know, qualify on the pole coming off of a uh, pretty good run in uh, in Detroit where he possibly, you know, had a shot at the win had Will Power not played this strategy perfectly. But now Road America, you don't, there's not a lot of opportunity to kind of go off strategy. Uh, number one, because of the, the length of the lap. And, and if you blow the strategy, you, you know, if you try to stretch fuel and, uh, get stranded out on the back end of the course, you know, it's a, it's a long, a long ways back. It's a four mile long course. Uh, there's no, there's no shortcut cut through either. So, so, no, so it's uh, just not, it's just not viable. You need a lucky caution to get back in the fray. Exactly. Yeah. So we didn't see a lot of uh, diff- different fuel strategies. We saw a couple of differing uh, tire strategies, whether you would start on reds or start on blacks, but uh, nobody opted to finish on reds. Uh, so, but uh, it was, um, you know, Rossi played it pretty well. Uh, you know, he's, and everybody was kind of touting him as the winner. So this was, this is when he would end his three year long losing streak uh, because he has had a couple of wins at road America. And uh, his last one back in 19 wasn't quite dominant fashion, but uh, Joseph Newgarden won't have none of that. You know, he's, no, <laughs> no, no like- New Newgarden, Newgarden who had a great performance last year, only to be taken out uh, by a, a mechanical in the closing moments uh, of, the, of the race. On the final restart for a one lap yellow due to Ed Jones spinning. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's another guy who's, who's won some, uh, vilification here, but, uh, Rossi, as a matter of fact, you know, after playing it pretty cool all day and, and, uh, you know, he led the early stage in the laps. He, he lost the lead to, uh, new garden on pit stops at one point in time. Uh, uh, you know, and as I cycle through pit stops, you know, it is, you know, ends up new garden and Rossi there together at the end. And, um, Rossi just faltered on the final restart actually lost, you know, rather than taking care of new garden and jumping in the lead, actually lost second place, uh, to Erickson. Uh, yeah, so, so Erickson, Erickson, that. Erickson now inherits the points lead because, uh, some of his, the, the points rivals had a pretty miserable days. And let's start with, uh, Alex Palou, who mm-hmm. had a little, little tap with, uh, Erickson, in I believe lap three or four, it was um, and it, it was like a 
two la- a lap or two. Uh, I think it was the restart after Johnson went off to avoid yeah, yeah, Calderon G- and Kirkwood. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson went off track on on the opening lap, only to stall in the gravel trap, causing a yellow. And then shortly after the restart, um, you know, one of the guys got bunched up there trying to jostle for position. It looked like just very minor contact between Erickson and Palou, but uh, it's it just the way it hit and where it hit, it broke the broke the toe link on Palou's car and ended his day right then and there. Yeah, you know? we talked about race finishes. It seems like, what is this, the fourth or fifth retirement he's had in the last 15 or so races? Yeah. We talked about how he finishes races, but when it comes to retirements, they're big. They always come in the most inconvenient time, to be honest. And this year he's had a handful of those, which is not what he needs if he wants to be a def- wants to retain a championship. And also in case this wild, wild, wild rumor goes to another team, which I honestly don't buy at this moment in time. Like, why would you leave a top a team that you brought a championship? Unless the end, go- unless the ma- the eventual goals to go to Formula One, where you ultimately win the Indy Five Hundred and accomplish everything this quick in IndyCar. Okay, so yeah, you're going off topic, but yeah, no, yeah, I yeah, talk, yeah, I yeah, yeah, about they, they, the rumors of below. Yeah, so. these are there's just some wild rumors swirling around, but um, but not what of, he needed, yes, though, results wise. Exactly, and speaking of championship rivals, that we also saw Will Power have a little dust up with uh, Devin DeFrancesco. Yeah, that uh, one was just I don't I, I here's how I saw it initially because I was able to catch the beginning for the beginning of the race as to when there was downtime before the the all the festives at Sonoma kicked into high gear. To me, it looked I was thinking, what is the Francisco doing? And then I saw the replays and like power tried to, to cut him off a bit, racing hard, and then I was thinking, did the Francisco retaliated? It will at a corner where it's very cheeky to begin with. I mean, look at Christian Bogle at that same corner in the Indy Lights race. He wrote, he destroyed the fence. You do not. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. There. Christian Bogle caught some serious air there. He almost, he almost went upside down. You know, yeah, you don't want to go off right there. No, you because that 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 rumble strip, you saw what could happen. That was very. I I don't know what was the mindset of the future Francesco, or even to an extent, Will Power was thinking at that corner of the track where you already had an incident, the aforementioned Polo and Erickson tangle. It was like it could be, it could get pretty bad, and which is amazing how those guys couldn't get it together. But you saw a couple times with Dale Coyne racing with Sato and Malukas, they were able to get through it just fine. It got hairy, but they were able to play big picture and they got they, they were mindful and that ordeal it, it with the way de francisco punted power it cost him points and it was seriously the first true incident he's had all year and over something that is kind of silly when you think about it it's early in the race if you want to be doing something like that do it later not very early on because that's gonna come it has consequences and you saw with power it ruined his whole day and Power made it known that he was not happy with Dick Francesco after the race. He door slapped him. Yeah, give yeah, give him a little, little tap back. Yeah. So, but if you ask me, right, Dick Francesco had a pretty darn good start. I think he he lined up twenty fourth, and then he had, you know, gotten a couple of uh, 
decent passes made in the opening laps there. And I think he just, you know, got himself you know, a little, a little bit over brimming with confidence there. Uh, get getting a good start going on, and then then when he come across Will, Will's defending, and and uh, yeah, you know, DeFrancesco had his car in a place he had no business being, uh, and again, that's just you know, the, that's the rookie mistake, that, that, that that's the rookie in him there, and um, you know, by by all accounts, um, Devlin and Will have talked this thing out, and they they both say they're good with one another. Uh, so, which is yeah. good and is positive. So, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's a learning experience for Devlin D. Francesco. Um, but at the same time, it's a, you know, it's a little bit of a black eye for him as well. It's not the first one he's had this season. Look back. No, at Texas. no, it's not the first one he's had this season. Yeah. And he uh, had a couple of Texas where he took Kyle Kirkwood out of a potential top 10 on an oval and then wiped out Elio Graham Rahal out of the race. Yes, yes, but he's uh, he's nowhere near oh say Francesco Dracone level, right? Or, or oh jeez, we're, we're, we're going with <laughs> yeah. The lesson so, yeah, talk about yeah. that 2015-2016 run of Dale Coin Racing, where it seems like whether it's the drivers or the crew members are causing drama. Yeah, but it's funny. There's you know, so if the social media response ranges from people wanting to kick Devlin out of IndyCar for being unqualified although he's met all the licensing requirements to people wanting to um you know burn willpower in effigy for giving him a little tap after the race was over so you know uh but but in the end the two the two guys settled on their own but uh, again it took uh championship leader into a pretty sad points paying day and same that, with Pato award exactly i was gonna say and then the other guy who was uh Right up up there in the championship mix, Potter Ward had an engine failure that ended his day early, which put Erickson right back in the championship lead. And Newgarden with his three wins is is right up there in the mix as well. So we've really tightened up the battle up front. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but uh overall, great race at Road America. You know, we saw some aggressive driving we also saw some smart driving you know we saw some some really heads up kind of things there like oh you know simon pagino nearly losing it at the kink getting all the way onto the grass but managing to keep it off the wall get it back on the track there that was a that was some heads up driving right there uh so um yeah you know good day all around uh and again uh, you know i hate it for rossi that now he's officially three years on his uh winless streak but um you know he can still take solace in the fact that his team is performing better than they have in the three years leading up to these past two weeks now yeah. they've got a he's couple got of momentum he's got momentum now they've got a couple of weeks off and that could either be good or bad for a guy with momentum you know what i mean for but sure. uh but erickson for- erickson's the guy you're gonna have to watch out for Yes, yeah, uh, you know what like, I mean. Because he's, he's very, he's very quietly putting in a good result week after week after week. Obviously, double points, Indy 500 win, right? Has has vaulted him into the spotlight. But but at the same time, you've got to consider him a serious championship contender going down the wire to the to the last. Uh, I think we're seven races left. I believe so. Maybe a few more than that. I think we're. We're now in the halfway point. I think, I think we're, we're I think I think we're yeah, nine. We're now a half. We're nine down, seven to go. I don't know. 
So it's a 17 race schedule, so we're down to eight, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. So, but but again, I, I say, you know, Erickson, uh, you know, I mean, we, you know, we talk about Palou, we talk about New Garden Power, um, talk about, you know, award, but I think Erickson is really the guy you really need to watch out for in the championship. Because he, yeah. even on the days when you don't see a lot from him, he's he's right there with a good result, a good points paying result at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And one note about New Garden's win because he's he's won in all in three different configurations, and because of because of that, he's got himself he and a charity one million dollars due to the People Ready Challenge, where if you win at a road course, street course, and an oval, you get a million dollars. So it was a good payday for New Garden. Yeah, but that's a new thing they introduced this year. And we had talked about it back after, you know, when, when New Garden won back-to-back at uh, Texas and Long Beach that, uh, you know, the, the next race was on the IMS. I, I, was it Barber or was it IMS Road Course? It was Barber because that was the first race of the month of May. And then it right, was the Right, right. Yes, yes. So, but if he had won that, he would have had uh, the million there. But Again, he's the first day, the first year they've done this. He, he's 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 uh, the first guy to win this thing. And it's just a great program because, again, you know, not only does you know, New Garden get some money in his bank account, but uh, his favorite charities um, are, are going to get a nice boost in uh, what they're trying to raise for uh, for their causes. So really good stuff there. So but, but again, we're off for a couple of weeks in IndyCar and uh, and then I think trying to remember where we race mid Ohio in mid Ohio in a couple of weeks, uh, which is again, you know, a a race that could favor a guy like Erickson, you know, who's uh, really doing well in his championship or a guy like Rossi who desperately needs a win. So uh, yeah. So mid Ohio, always a pretty good race. That's coming up soon. Yeah. And we'll see how things go over the next few weeks because after that it's that boom 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 period where you go from like mid ohio toronto the iowa doubleheader indian the back to the brickyard then nashville and you have portland laguna and i think a couple more others as well yeah indycar does have those you know it's like boom 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 race 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 three weeks off you know so uh yeah i mean eventually they'll get that dichotomy worked out of the schedule but that's that's been a work in progress for a couple of years but i i really believe that uh, uh you know guys like um uh, jay fried will not really kind of kind of work on that but you got to have number one you have to have date equities date, date equity with your tracks right and you gotta have dates that work for your tracks you know the the, the fact that you know a track with a date that doesn't work is the kind of thing it's kind of reason why we don't see watkins Glen or we don't see um Fontana on the schedule anymore because the series couldn't find a date that worked for both the series and the track. So uh, I think right now, a lot of the races on the schedule have dates that work for them. So uh, the, the, the immediate thing, I guess, is to find a, a couple to fill in, fill in those, you know, longer gaps in the schedule. Yeah. And that's something that it's very difficult to do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a balancing act because you've got to, you know, you're dealing with promoters, track owners, sponsors, you know, the series, the teams, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to consider. Uh, but about at the end of the day, you know, 
I, I, I like the tracks we run on this day and age. You know, obviously the, the core old time fan base would love to see some more ovals, but uh, you know, we just don't have the attendance there at the ovals, but you got, if you looked at, we had a really good crowd at road America. Um, Iowa is expecting a very good crowd. As I believe, um, I'm not sure what the ticket sales look like at gateway for later in the season. But they've uh, they've had good crowds at Gateway as well. Uh, Mid Ohio always uh, uh, packs the stands or packs the hillsides rather. Um, the Xfinity weekend, uh, where they're sharing the stage with Xfinity before the Brickyard, uh, you know that one's on and off. But if you look at it, if you look at, do you know you can buy a what they call a flex ticket? And there's three different grandstands you can sit at. Um, this is for the Saturday and the Saturday for that Saturday, you're going to get, I think a cup practice session, um, the IndyCar race and the Xfinity race. And you know what this ticket costs? Hmm, it's gotta be 20, 50, no 55 to 20. And where, where are you living? 1950, 55, $55. But you've got, but I think you can sit in, in there's three different grants that you can sit at and it's the lower sections of the grandstands, but you can move around throughout the day. And I think it's just a great deal uh, that, that they're doing this, you know, cause uh, number one, Lord knows the Xfinity guys need more eyes on them. You know, a lot of times we see, you know, the, the cup race on Sunday has got a lot of folks in the grandstand, but if you watch the Xfinity race on Saturday, there's significantly fewer um, and then of course, IndyCar, you know, has had events here and there where they played a, some modest, very modest crowd. So I think that the Xfinity series and the IndyCar series can really help each other out, you know, by having these sort of ticket package deals that are reasonably priced. You know what I mean? You take your family of four out there for a little over $200, Yeah. you know, where, where a lot of places you go, you know, one ticket, one seat is $200, you know? If you want, if you want to go see your favorite musical artist, you know, one seat is $200, right? So, yeah. All right. So speaking of very expensive seats, let's talk about a formula one race in uh, Azerbaijan. Um, For some reason it was a four in the morning this year compared to last year being around five or six. Okay, I, I watched the replay. <laughs> so I haven't um, had a chance to see the replay because I've been had a busy few days, but I'm aware of what's gone on. Yeah. Especially so um, Ferrari, Ferrari again, Ferrari. Yeah. Double retirement for Ferrari when they had very fast cars. Both their guys uh, looked really good. Um, Leclerc looked poised to probably win that race. But uh, again, the reliability shot him in the foot. They both had, um, uh, you know, like signs was, I'm not sure if it was an engine failure or a gearbox, but it was definitely something powertrain related. And of course, Leclerc, obviously the engine went up in a, a big cloud of smoke. So, which opened the door for a Red Bull one, two and a Mercedes three, four. Uh, although, uh, Gasly was right there in the mix, almost breaking up that Mercedes party until they got around him later in the day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Red Bull has the combination of speed and reliability where where when Ferrari falters, they're right there to pick it up. 
And uh, when Red Bull's on their game, they're still on their game at the end of the day. I, I couldn't believe the, the graphic I saw that it was Max Verstappen's 25th Grand Prix win. Yeah, and he's I'm, already won more races than... Well, he, this ties him uh, with Jim Clark. Yeah. I know. But I was like, okay, it's, to me, because, you know, time goes so fast. I still think of Verstappen as this new guy, right? But I'm like, my God, has he really won 25 races? Yes, he has. So, Yeah, and he's already got more podiums with Red Bull than Vettel. Right, and Vettel, you're talking about a guy who won a championship four years running, or, right? Including winning, like, what, nine, ten in a row to cap off one of the championships? Yeah, didn't he? Yeah, didn't he break a record when you consider the, the wraparound to the fall year or he matched the record with uh, Alberto Ascari? I, I believe they're past it somewhere. When I may have, yeah, because because and we're talking about a wraparound from the end of one season, mm-hmm. beginning of the next with consecutive wins. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but Verstappen is, I mean, you talk about you say, you know, Hamilton's records right now look unbeatable. Well, shoot, you know, Verstappen's only been in the game a couple of years. He's still what, 23, 24 years old going to be 25 soon. So he's 24. So he's still rather young, right? Guys, these day and age have a much longer career, right? You look at, I mean, how old is Vettel, right? Pushing 40, right? Kimmy's over 40 and he's finally out of Formula One for the third or fourth time. Uh, he'll be in NASCAR again. Yeah, I know. Kimmy, you just can't keep him down. You know, the, the only thing, the only thing Kimmy likes more than, than racing is going to the pub. But <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, I just couldn't believe when I when I saw the graphic that it that Vettel's twenty or not Vettel rather for Sapa's twenty fifth win, but it really puts some distance between him and Leclerc in the championship. As a matter of fact, Leclerc is down to third, and um, you know uh, Max's closest rival is his teammate Sergio. Uh, so you got Red Bull one, two in the championship, one, two in the race. And, uh, you know, good run for Sergio. He, uh, he, you know, started up front to the lead early, but, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't able to hold Max off and, 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 you know, whether that's team orders or, you know, just Max is a little more accomplished or Max gets better equipment, you know, time will tell, but, uh, you know, for Perez to get him a second place finish, you know, at a tough track, like, uh, Baku, you know, not, not a bad day. Not a bad day. Yeah, it's a strong points day. If you would have told me Paris would be second at this point in the season and not awfully far behind Verstappen, I probably would have looked at you sternly because you, we, it's like this is like a golden scenario for Red Bull because if they get somehow want to and run away with the constructors, this speaks volumes when you're at the end of the day. So, but we'll see how Ferrari do in Montreal and they really need to get it together in Montreal. Cause if they don't get it together in Montreal, it's going to be a Red Bull runaway. Yeah. I mean, Ferrari has more often than not had the fastest cars through practice and qualifying. They just yeah. haven't been able to translate that to, uh, you know, a money in the bank on Sunday. And, and some of it is reliability. Some of it is dumb luck. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you almost got to feel bad for Charles, man, because he was uh, looking like uh, you know, the championship favorite early on. Now, now he's he's down a third, and and these you know engine failures, nothing he could do. 
you know, he was, he was running a pretty good race, you know, running, running his own race. They, uh, uh, rebel guys went, uh, changed towers earlier than him. But, uh, after the cycle, he cycled back to the lead and then boom, you know what I mean? So what you going to do? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's just hard to tell. It's kind of looking like very McLaren. Oh, five, Oh five with Leclerc being probably quicker and the Ferrari more is faster, but reliability is what keeps him back. Similar to Raikkonen in 05 with the McLaren. Was Raikkonen still with McLaren in 05? I guess so. Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, he went to Ferrari in 07 when he won the championship. Okay, no, yeah. Yeah, I was confusing Kimi with uh, Raikkonen. I was confusing with Hakkinen. Yeah, Hawkinson was after <coughs> one was his final year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hawkinson won a couple of championships with McLaren. Uh, was ninety nine and two thousand, right? Ninety eight, ninety nine. Schumacher was two thousand through oh, two thousand. Yeah, it's, yeah, the whole yeah, the whole most of that decade. Yeah. So you know, but the older I get, the I I can remember the events, but not always the exact dates. Hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I remember stats from the 70s better than I remember stats from the 2000s. Don't ask me why. So, uh, oh, good. Yeah, it's all good. All right. So, we got a couple of minutes left. So, let's just uh, briefly. So, where are we next in Formula One? Montreal this Montreal. weekend. Montreal. So, we're, we're going right from right from Baku to Montreal uh, because it's just a really short plane trip. <laughs> because that, because it, yeah, it makes so That's, much sense. I was gonna say, yeah, because they they they've taken all the North American races and, and spotted them through the damn schedule. So where <laughs> we're just traveling everywhere. So who do you like for Montreal? I know you talked about you talked about Ferraris and they need to get their act together. Do you think they will? I can I I gotta imagine they have to, and I'm gonna go with Leclerc. Okay, I, I got to imagine that these reliability issues are, you know, not as simple as just, the, oh, okay, you know, a, a one-off. So I've got to go with Verstappen. And, and then, then, of course, I mean, will Mercedes ever get their stuff together to win a race? You know, who can tell? Uh, you know, but lately they've been having... Russell has been super consistent to where he Russell- may... If he continues, he's racking up these top fives. He might finish third or fourth. You never know. Right, right. Yeah, which for Russell, that's great, right? For Hamilton, he's used to winning every week, you know? Um, So, and and again, we've got the Mercedes guys complaining about the porpoising of their cars, and they're looking for a rule change, right? And, And then some of the other team owners like Red Bull is like, okay, if your car is porpoising, don't change the rules, fix your damn car. You know? So, um, that's, that's another story in progress, uh, <laughs> coming and going. So, uh, you know, cause you know, the formula one team owners like to take little jabs and barbs at one another. And, uh, poor old Michael Andretti's not even a formula one owner yet. And he's got guys like Toto taking jabs at him. So, <clears throat> but really, <laughs> excuse me, really quickly. Um, so the, the 24 hours of the mile will also this past weekend where with no surprise, it was a Toyota Gazoo racing uh, Toyota winning their fifth Lamont in a row. Uh, Sebastian Buemi, Rio um, Hira, Hiracana 
And Rio Horinato, the former F1 driver. Uh, that Rio Horinato? No, 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 no. Oh. Rio Hiracuna. Oh, different one. Different guy. Japanese yeah. guy. Yeah, Rio. The guy you're thinking about was from um, Cambodia, I think. Yeah, whoever it was, the one that had a cup of coffee and some back marker F1 team like many years ago, one of the last ones that got let go mid Yeah, yeah, Rio Hariato. Yeah, no, no, this is a different guy. This is a Toyota, okay. Toyota factory guy. And then, of course, the third driver, Brendan Hartley. Uh, we know because he's done a, I want to say he ran the Indy 500 a couple of years ago. You're so, thinking of Ben Hanley. Brandon Hartley ran F1 for Toro Rosso. Yes, he did. Yes, he, you're right. I was thinking of Ben Hanley. Brandon Hartley, Ben Hanley, Martin Brundle, Mark Blundell. Yeah. Hey, you know. Really confused too. I don't know. So, but anyway, so, but yeah, no surprise that, uh, uh, yeah, Toyota once again victorious at Le Mans. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say, um, Toyota, sign up Juan Pablo next year. Okay. Yeah, which, yeah, and, and and go ahead and and the publicity you'll get from that triple crown that Alonzo has been trying to chase, just lock it down, lock it down. Um, you know, because Pablo's got two of those three already in the bag. He just needs to be on the Toyota team to get that overall class win. Now we've got some changes coming next year at Lamar. Uh, so I don't know if that's gonna take that would be Juan Pablo's luck that uh the, the rule changes for next year and the class changes for next year will uh <laughs> will will uh, either take him out help him or hurt him but uh yeah so um yeah good stuff coming out of Lamont and we are just right about at our time limit so Louise final thought from you on the week I, I know I, you, I know yeah. I know you uh you're still just bathing excitement after going out to Sonoma and seeing Suarez get that win. Also, the top of the fact that my boys is slowly recovering from the concert the day at the day after Sonoma, but that's the whole different story for another time. My dumb dumb thought Montoya was in Le Mans. Turns out he's not. He was in a Le Mans looking at the results. So, and also I come to find out good year is in WEC. So the more you know. Goodyear tires or Scott Goodyear. Goodyear tires. <laughs> if it was Scott Goodyear, I heard. I probably have heard. I've heard that announcement a long time ago. If it was Scott Goodyear, he'd probably pass the pace car. So ouch. anyway, I know. Ouch, ouch, poor old Scott Goodyear. <laughs> anyway, Louise, thank you so much. I want to thank the Hoobies Radio Network. I want to thank iHeartRadio, Spreaker. Google Podcasts and YouTube. I want to thank you, Dan Blay Racing Art. I want to thank Mark Dill and Legend of the First Super Speedway. But most of all, I want to thank you folks who listen to us every week. Uh, but till next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.